It's a brace for the 18-year-old and three points in the back for Chicago. Federico Navarro weaving his way through, and it's in. It falls for Shakiri. The Swiss international back onto the score sheet, and he doubles the fire lead. All right, football fans, welcome into another edition of the Intercontinental Football Show. Tyler Terrence here, joined by none other than the chairman of the non-existent board, Mr. Emmett McConnell, Philadelphia Union enthusiast and a man who is just going to have to listen today to, unfortunately, some just, it's just not good vibes right now for the Chicago Fire, having dropped yet another game, this time 4-0 at the hands of DC United. And the Fire, unfortunately, have not dropped just that game, um, but now have dropped four straight since the resumption of league play after League's Cup. And that finds them currently in 10th place in the Eastern Conference, one point off of DC United. We talked about how these two games with DC and Montreal were going to be the proverbial six-pointers. We talked about how important they were. We also talked about how the Fire have been in a bad way since league play has restarted. It was the loss against Orlando. It was the loss on the road against the LA Galaxy. And it was the loss against Vancouver. And now it's a loss against DC. And not only that, but the lack of goals is concerning as well. So there's a lot that we can get into here. And it's not going to come as a surprise to most of you that um, I'm not going to talk about this game a lot. I don't think it serves anybody any good. It's like, and for those of you who still play in rec league or Sunday league or whatever, or, you know, guy on your team is having a bad day. Just losing the ball left and right. First touch isn't clean. Emmett's pointing to himself. Sure. We'll use Emmett as, as the example here. Let's say Emmett and I, are in a are in a league together in some alternative universe where we're living in the same city. <clears throat> and Emma's having a really bad day. The first person who knows that's having that that knows they're having a bad day is Emmett. So yes, the competitive nature of, uh, in me and as somebody who Emmett can take a little bit of crap from and because he's my friend and I can confidently say that here. Uh, Emmett, let's clean it up. Let's get it together. Leave it at that. Done. I don't need to hit him over the head with it. He knows. He's the first person that knows. I don't need to tell all of you that the fire are in a bad way right now. And I'm not going to hit you over the head with it. I'm not going to hit you over the head with the fact that Arno Suke did not have a great game against DC. I'm not going to hit you over the head with the fact that the fire have scored two goals in the last four games. I'm not going to hit you over the head with the fact that they now find themselves on the outside looking into the playoff situation And I'm not going to hit you over the head with the fact that they now have yet another proverbial six-pointer coming up against Montreal. And if they lose that game, then they could be even in a worse spot. I'm not going to hit you over the head with any of that. And some of you might be thinking, well, you're hitting me over the head with it right now and it hurts. If if I really wanted to hit you over the head with it, I could. But I won't. Because I don't think that that serves a purpose. Just like, why would I continue to yell at Emmett if he knows? doesn't serve a purpose four straight losses two goals in four games one goal in four games excuse me it was five out of six that the fire had won before league's cup 
sure, I'll use that as a bit of a picker upper. This can get better just as quickly as it got bad. Potentially. Not making any promises. But I will go back and say that I told all of you, and I'm not proud of this, and it's not groundbreaking. I told all of you that somebody was going to need to start scoring goals regularly. Because right now, Kai Kamara being your leading goal scorer on five goals and he hasn't scored in months isn't going to do the trick. Fabian Herbers was never going to be your golden boot winner this year. You were going to need Brian Gutierrez, Haile Selassie, Kutsias, Jairo, somebody to explode and give a lot more output than you originally thought that they were going to. And it has not happened. And as a result, the Fire have dropped four in a row and have scored one goal in four games. Now, the defensive stuff and some of the cohesion in the middle of the field, there's a lot of different things that are that are at play right now. But here are the facts. Fire have seven games left. They're one point off of a playoff spot, and they're playing a side that they're three points behind in the playoff race. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. Here's another fact. They have two weeks to recharge the batteries, reset, spend some time with family, get some time off, and come back and try to be as professional as possible for the last seven games of the season in which every single one is going to feel like a playoff game. The playoffs are still very real for this group. In theory, in practice, it doesn't feel that way. Because of everything that I'm not going to hit you over the head with. And you've got Charlotte one point off of you, NYCFC two points off of you, Red Bulls three points off of you, and guess who? Inter-Miami are now on 25 points. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't know what else to say at this point other than the fact that this international break could not have come at a better time. I'm going to keep it real. I was at the blackjack table in Cincinnati on Friday night with my broadcast partner, Devin Kerr. We were in Cincy. We were feeling like we wanted to hit to the head to the blackjack table. Nothing crazy. $15 minimum. Sometimes when there's a bad shoe and the cars just aren't going your way, step away from the table, sit out a couple of hands, do something to break it up. The international break is going to break it up. Hopefully. At least it's going to break it up and give the give the guys time to think about something else other than football right now. Because whatever's going through their mind on the field, it ain't working. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Montreal game is going to define the fire season because there's still too much time for that and it's still too tight in the Eastern Conference for that. But it is the biggest game of the year by far. Up until that up and up until the next one. Because then you're at Columbus, home against New England, at Rebels, home against Miami, home against Charlotte, and at NYCFC. 
Those last three, thinking about Messi at Soldier Field is making me nauseous, but also giving me goosebumps at the same time. Um, those last three will define your season if you're still in the hunt at that point. Because if it keeps up like this, you will not be in the hunt for the final three games. And this Montreal team is beatable. They've lost their last two at NYCFC and against Columbus. They won three in a row before that against teams like Charlotte and Toronto, mix in a 1-0 win against New England. But we all know what's going on with New England right now and some of the vibes over there. And the fact that they still haven't lost at home yet. <clears throat> before that, it was a four-match winless streak. Draw at Charlotte, loss against NYC, loss against Atlanta at home, and the fire beat them 3-0. At Soldier Field. Fire took it to them last time. Kutsius was wreaking havoc on the right side of the defense for Montreal. Guti was playing out of his mind. Shaq Banger. Beatable team, but you got to cross international borders. You got to go north. Got to go up and over the wall. And you need to find a way to bring back something. A point will do. I know most of you are craving three right now, and I don't blame you. But you cannot drop all three points to Montreal. Always going to be an emotional game for Frankie going back there. And you can bet your bottom dollar he ain't setting up for a point but you would take it. I don't know what else to say other than that. Those are the facts and I'm sticking to them. Don't know what else you guys would want me to say other than the fact that it needs to be better. Otherwise you're going to be looking at six years without the postseason, and not for nothing. That other team that you were tied with for the longest drought in MLS right now for not making the playoffs, Houston is now currently sitting in fifth place. So then you would become the longest running active streak without a postseason appearance in Major League Soccer by yourself. Just as frustrated as all you guys. With that said, Mr. McConnell, you know, I was talking to our good friend Tony Miola the other day. And we were talking about the messy thing. And he was just like, well, if they keep dismantling everyone. And I was like, dismantled? I was like, Denny Bowanga should have had a hat trick. That game should have been 4-4. That was not a dismantling. And he goes, but you know something? Nobody in the world cares. And nobody in the world watched the game and understood that LAFC probably could have won that game. All they see is the 3-0 scoreline and that Messi had two assists. And he's right. Because now you got eyeballs on this league that you never had before. And what everybody's thinking right now is that Inter-Miami are probably going to win every game for the rest of the season. Or at least they won't lose one. I, 
I just find it funny going on Apple TV and the yes, like obviously it's been dominated by Messi and rightfully so, but like Miami's path to the playoffs is a huge graphic on there. Nine matches remaining, 25 points. They're eight points off of DC. Play against Sporting this weekend. Should be a good game. It'll definitely be open and fun. What was your what, what was your read last time, Emmett? You said they don't make the playoffs, right? Who can remember? At know. this point, I would I it would seem crazy to say that, wouldn't it? <laughs> they went into uh, begrudgingly MLS Cup champions, and let's let's be real. LAFC tied for the Supporter Shield. They tied MLS Cup final, so they're only you know co-champions in both regards. Tiebreaker somewhere along the line, penalties, goal scored, whatever it is. But they went in there, tough place to play, and they beat them three-one. And listen, for everyone out there, we love Tony, but he is very much like a buy this. If you say anything else, like, oh, but Buanga should have had a hat trick. It's like, yeah, but what was the score? Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah but he but didn't. He said, but he used the word dismantle. Would you describe what Miami did to LAFC as dismantling? In Tony's mind, the only thing that matters is the scoreline. I'm not talking about and, Tony's mind. I'm talking about somebody that is, like, somewhat sane, such as yourself. Mildly more sane than he is. That's I'm a, more sane than both of you because you're that's both. That's a massive compliment. But I know. I don't, like... I get you lose 3-1 at home. That's bad. Union lost 4 nothing at, what was it, 4-1 at home, and that was really bad. Um, I think you can say dismantling just because of that. But it's also fair to say, like, you know, if you watch the game, they're in it. They should be, you know, scoring. They, sh- You know, XG and all that. That at least gives you an idea, because when it comes down to statistics, we all know that things regress to the mean, and eventually things will swing the other way. Just how these things go. Yeah. I know, and I know we got to take statistics out of the equation here because it's messy. And I don't know if people saw the like celebrity guest list that was three pages long for the LAFC game of all the famous names who went to it. Like everybody cares about Messi. And I, I you have to imagine there's some sort of awe factor. I wasn't there. So my name wasn't on the list, but continue. Yeah, you weren't there. I wouldn't have made the list, unfortunately. You had, your own, you had your own list. It was a do not, do not admit. The do not admit list. But I'm wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. But meanwhile, you have to think about, there's a bit of a, there's that awe factor of like, these players are definitely underperforming because they know they're going against Messi. And I guess Busquets and Alba to a certain extent. But See, they, I, I thought that, I don't know if I believe that anymore. Or maybe, they, or maybe you have to get the first one out of the way because... Although Nashville, I thought Nashville played well against them in the League's Cup final. And they obviously played well against them the second time. I genuinely think it's because of the setup that Miami has and the ability to have Busquets dictate play and not have anybody step to him because you're worried about Messi in front of your back line. And like the amount of teams that are falling asleep with Jordi Alba making a run in behind is disgusting. But you have to be concerned about Messi. So it makes sense. The focus is on Messi... And then the focus is on Busquets. And I feel like most teams are just trying to clog the middle and just block both of those two. That gives Robert Taylor the chance to shine. That gives Jordi Alba, as you said. DeAndre Edlin could complete a cross. Maybe he would be getting goals and assists. Um, I'm not sure that 
we've seen in MLS, and I think there's a progression to this, and I think MLS is several years behind the curve of dominant sixes. If you go across Europe right now in top teams and top leagues, how many tens are there? Like pure tens. No, no tens. There no, no tens. Anyone. MLS is still pretty reliant on a ten. There's a, a bunch of teams that are pulling away from it. Teams like LAFC, teams like Columbus, maybe they're playing dual tens that are more like, you know, outside inside wingers or whatever. But MLS is still highly reliant on the 10. And Miami is kind of saying, oh, we're going to kind of take that 4-3-3 from Europe. And yeah, Messi's on the wing and he's cutting inside and is basically playing as a 10. But it's all about the six. It's all about the winger. And I think LAFC dominated with that over the past few years with Carlos Vela. And it's Miami's turn now. I don't know. Hmm. They're going to do it. They're going to win MLS Cup. What I know is if you are in the Eastern Conference, you have to assume at this point Miami's going to get eighth or ninth, probably not seventh. And so you are just praying that you get somewhere to face them later in the playoffs. Do you, do you throw the number one overall seed to avoid Miami in the first round? No. No, if I'm Cincinnati, never. They've been too bad. They've been too bad to throw away a shield. It's okay if they don't win MLS Cup. They have three straight wooden spoons, right? Before finally making the playoffs last year. Are you are you deeming FC Cincinnati's case hopeless because of what happened in a totally different regime with a different general manager and head coach? I think it's more important for them to win the shield, say we were the best during the regular season, and I'm going to say... The shield isn't a real trophy. The shield is important. No, it is not. It's important to go out and be the best team. Sure, MLS Cup is the creme de la creme. you got to have MLS Cup. But you're not making your chances any... You're not making your chances any easier by dropping to second. I'm just going to say that. If you're, you know, Orlando, New England, Philly, Nashville, you want to get up to second or third place. If you finish in fourth, you play them early on. I think if you can pick, you want to play Miami as late as possible so they're all beat up. But if you're Cincinnati, why wouldn't you want to be the team that takes out Miami? You because play- nobody is going because nobody's going to take out Miami. That's what I'm saying to you. And for and for the record, obviously the shield means something. And I agree with you. I think that winning the regular season is more impressive than winning MLS Cup. But the fact of the matter is, is that you your club has still not won a trophy. So so and the shield is a trophy. Shield is not a trophy. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I get that. The shield isn't a trophy. You get, you your champion, you get your Champions League bid. That's the most important thing of winning the shield. I think we need to give more value to the shield. And even if it's not a real trophy and anything, I'm willing to take the lead and say the shield should be A2 to MLS Cup. It's not, but I'm it willing to lead be, that charge. It should be a buy for League's Cup of some sort. It was. No, oh, no, MLS Cup. MLS was. Cup was. Mm, there's uh-huh. got to be some more. Yeah, you're right. There's got to be a little bit more weight to it. You see but, what I'm saying? So, like, maybe there's two buys. So, like, Clausura and Apertura winners get a buy, and then Shield and MLS Cup winner gets a buy. I like that solution. You're welcome. Um, I shouldn't be a. I should be an executive. I I knew this all along. You're, you're wasted in the booth up there. I agree. Talents. Anyway, that that's all to say. I don't think you can be afraid. Of, the minute you lose a game on purpose, first of all, the minute you lose, I, lose a game I, on purpose. Can I just say that this was a hypothetical and I was kind of kidding and now we're down this rabbit hole of like, 
Would you rather? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're, you're not doing anything wrong. on purpose. But all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that you would rather play Miami as deep into that tournament as possible, as deep into playoffs as possible, and give other teams an opportunity to either beat them up or beat them. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get beat up. Here, here's the main thing for me: Miami might not lose, but they will tie. They went to penalties was it two or three times. They haven't lost the penalty kick shootout. Just keep that. They are going to lose a penalty shootout, Tyler. I. Did you wait? Did you know that Orlando City has never lost a penalty shootout? They've only been they've only been in what one, two? No, like Open Cup. Like they've they're like nine for nine from penalty shootouts. The only one I could think of off the top of my head was the one against New York City where Schlegel was in goal. I know. Santos in League's Cup. Okay. Open Cup. Um, I think that they've won penalties in other playoff years. Um. Yeah, they've never lost a competitive. Nine for nine. They've they've never lost a competitive. I I pulled that number out of my butt. I don't know exactly. Whatever what it is, undefeated. Speaking from a Philly Union perspective, it's possible to be on the other end of that until relatively recently. I think they were like over. Just so four. you know, nobody was interested in the Philly Union perspective. I know. I, know. I can't help myself. Anyway, someone will beat them on. Someone will beat Miami on penalties. I know you're saying that Orlando's gone undefeated, but I think it's easier to win on penalties against a great team than it is. In the reg- in the, the flow of the game, and that's why teams park the bus. Also, Drake Calendar is the best goalkeeper in MLS right now. Keep that oh, in mind. Don't start. Don't start. I I finished it. I finished. I finished the. Don't finish. <laughs> don't finish the point. He is not the best goalkeeper in MLS. Andre Blake isn't. Andre Blake. I'm saying blew it right, against. Miami. I'm saying he is the hottest goalkeeper in Major League Soccer right now. I, I please hottest. please make an argument otherwise. All right, Georgie Petrovich is out. He's left. He was the best. Andre Blake's had a couple of good games, but he did have a couple of howlers against Miami. Drake has not had any howlers. Drake doesn't make those mistakes. But a goalkeeper is more than howlers. We got at this point. You got to. Did he get a couple of the saves that he made against Bowanga? Like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm trying to think around just, the league. Just... I, just, just, I know you love to disagree with me for disagreement's sake, but just admit that I'm right. I'm on a roll today. He is the hottest goalkeeper in the league right now. Is he the best? I will, I, this I will not I have. didn't say that. I did not say that. The first thing you said was he was the best. No, I, I said right now. Right. That implies like a, okay, okay, okay. Best I'll, hottest. I'll reel it back. We're, we, are, we are splitting, splitting meaningless hairs right now. Reel it back. He's the hottest right now. I don't think he's the most talented. I think we saw before Messi came, he was a decent shot stopper but on, and on the worst defense in the league. So he's going to get a lot of action. So some people are pretty high on him. The men's deserved his U.S. men's national team call. Did Kramoski deserve his call? No. <laughs> no. I will say, though, if you're going to call him up, he has clearly proven that his game is elevated exponentially when he's surrounded by premier talent, correct? Yes. So, like, if you're going to call him up, you might as well put him with the with the first group as opposed to putting him with the group that got bounced from Gold Cup. Well, it's a split group, right? Like they have they have some bigger yeah. names here. It's not that split. Um, he's not going to play. No, but it's a good no, but it's a good camp for him to be in. Right. He's he's a split allegiances: Argentina, U.S. You say, hey, Benjamin, Benjamin. Benjamin, uh, you know, before you make your pick, this is what the U.S. camp, this is what it's like. This is the culture. I want you to meet the guys, except for Gio. Um, but that's a different story. Don't 
don't worry about that. And and that's all it is. It's just like, is he the one of the best midfielders in MLS who is American right now? I'm not sold. And I'm also sold on the fact that there are other guys who need to be getting actual reps with this group that Benamin does, and Benamin is not on that list. But it's Oman and Uzbekistan. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? Why are we playing Oman and Uzbekistan? Because everyone else is playing meaningful games. Every other team. There has to African be a country. There has to be a country somewhere else that we could that we could have played that is more productive than playing Oman and Uzbekistan. I have full faith in the, my mind and heart that U.S. Soccer has never done anything knowingly to, that isn't in, in everything for this team, doing whatever's best for this team. In my mind, I know they will never, ever do anything except you're, to make this team as good as possible. You're going down such a dangerous path right now. I'm debating, I'm debating whether or not I want to end the episode here or just shift topics abruptly. Um, I think you should shift. <laughs> just get off of it. Move past it. Um, international break. Obviously, Oman and Uzbekistan, that's what we're playing. Uh, some South American friendlies. Some other meaningful games. Some five MLS games this weekend. Who are those MLS games, by the way? We got Miami and Sporting Kansas City. We know that. We've got DC hosting San Jose, a little cross-conference action. Minnesota hosting New England, Portland, and LAFC. That'll be a good game. And then LA Galaxy and St. Louis City. Miami's going to lose this game, by the way. No. They're missing like seven players international duty, including... Messi. We'll be fine. They will be fine. Who's Messi? Um, and then we resume next week. Fire obviously will be at Montreal. NYCFC and Red Bulls. I'll be on the call for that game with Devin Kerr. A little Hudson River Derby action. Charlotte and DC. That's got plenty of playoff implications. Down to it, baby. We're in the business portion of the season. All right, folks, enjoy the rest of your week. We will have you covered after the Montreal game. That's about it. Stay positive. Stay hungry. Stay humble. Stay a little weird. Vamos fire. <laughs>